1460 KXNO's Thirsty Thursday continues now as we head north to Whiskey River and Ankeny for the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mechdyne. Now, here are your hosts, Jared Stansberry, Brent Bloom, and Chris Williams. Hello, it's a Cyclone Fanatic radio program powered by Mechdyne, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Jared Stansberry, joined by my friend Brent Bloom. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, you got to sit close to me. You can't hear me in the... Don't got any headphones, so... We're making it work. We're making it work. We are now certified engineers, radio engineers, at this the, point. The good news is, cheese balls are on the way here at Whiskey River. Yes, the Pepper Jack cheese balls are on the way here at Whiskey River in Ankeny, where uh, we do our radio show every week. But then we'll also be here on Saturday for a game watch for Iowa State's game against Oklahoma State. I want to say that's a 3 o'clock tip. Is that right? Chris, is it a 3 o'clock tip on Saturday? Yeah, 3 o'clock tip, I think. it. Uh, if not, you can just show up like at noon and hang out with us the entire day here at Whiskey River. We got any deals? I'm sure we there's do. There's some I, sort of specials I'm going. sure there's some sort of specials going. I don't know. I'm not privy to those. And what a way to watch generally. a game in Stillwater than here at Whiskey River. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there will probably be more people here than there will be <laughs> well, still, at the game in Stillwater. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, that, it'll definitely be, a, definitely be a good time, and I uh, hope you guys will come on out and hang out with us out here. It is indeed a 3 o'clock game. It, okay, thank you. Yeah, I was about 85% sure of that because I was, I was thinking about it in the tense of uh, whether or not I'd have time maybe to make it down to the Nap Center. Uh, yeah, they sell if out I, for if them. I chose to, yeah, but and, and they ended up with a sellout. So apparently, I'm not going to make it down to the Nap Center on Saturday. You could probably get a media credential. Well, yeah, I'm sure I could. But talk to Roberts. I heard I heard Chris talking about this the other day on Fanatics. You know, I'd like to have a nice ice cold beer while I'm down there at the sure. at the at the ball game. And that is true. I don't think I could do that in good faith while sitting on press row. So on uh, Tuesday night, I was working not for radio responsibilities, but for my Worked for the Iowa State Foundation. It was hosting a donor and got some Johnny's passes. That's oh, wow. kind of a fun, uh, yeah. you know, roll around with the high rollers for a little bit. Yeah. Buy a $7 beer in there. Well, did you get to sit courtside, though, like I did at the Nap Center the last time I, I was there? I was, I, I was not. Got a taste I was to the rich person. I like. was in the parquet. But it was yeah, still it pretty was, good. So, and uh, Iowa State played well. So I'm crediting the $7 beer I had before the game. So, that's the one difference this year, and that's what worked. So, in other words, you need to up your donation to Iowa State next year in order to become a person who can get into Johnny's. I don't even know what that takes. but uh, It takes a 12500 donation a year. So, there's about 300-plus people that, that do that each year. That, uh, well, fun fact I, for you. I know I couldn't swing that, but maybe, or you know, Brent Bloom, I know, does, you, I know and, you got those well, state benefits and everything, yeah, well, you know, got that wants, state job. Invite me as a plus one <laughs> that we could solve this problem. Yeah, I'm sure there would be plenty of people that would be well happy to have Brent Bloom at the sitting along, fun, yeah. yelling displacement right. at the officials with them <laughs> so, so uh, I, at every game. So long story short, I, since I was in the crowd, a guy right behind me, and because Samuel was a large human for TCU and he had a lot of offensive rebounds at one point in the second yeah. half, it was... The chorus is over the back, and I couldn't turn around because why I was, not? I was working. I Fight was, him. Well, but I was with a, I was with a VIP. And it's it's like, displacement. I, well, I, I thought about turning around, but I didn't. So I let, I let the over the back chorus rain down on my ears, and it was painful. Yeah, but no, you, as you mentioned, Iowa State played really well in the first half of the game, uh, able to build a, a 16 point lead going into halftime. I think. Not to take anything away from Iowa State, I do think that some of that could probably be put on TCU sure. as well. They played 
uh, horribly in the first half. Yeah, they uh, they struggled. Yeah, and then but then even you know TCU comes back in the second half, just kind of chips away at the lead, uh, man for 15, 16 minutes, and then Iowa State just able to to do enough there down the stretch. And um, you know I think the thing that I walked away from that game on Tuesday thinking is just this is by far the best ball that we've seen Solomon Young play yeah. during his career at Iowa Good, State. It's fun to see. And it's fun to see. And it, it really seems like he is – it, it kind of makes you wonder. Like, if he hadn't missed – I want to say John Walter said on the radio yesterday, I, I think he said he's missed 45 games in his Iowa State career. You know, where would Solo be at right now? Or would we have seen this earlier? Um, but I think there's even a case may, that could be made because we saw him do this in the post a little bit earlier in the season. I think there's a case that could be made that, you know, they didn't go to that soon enough and make that a focal point yeah, of the Steve offense like they could have. Yeah, and you know what? What what struck me was not only is he's productive, but he's more vocal out there too. Yeah. It's like he's sensing he's more he's a more confident player, and he knows that things can run through him. But you know, he had size disadvantage sometimes, but he was just going straight through guys, and that's that was great. Like that, yeah. It, if hindsight's twenty twenty. You run your offense through that guy more, even with Tyrese. Right. Because then Tyrese can play off that more. But, you know, for whatever reason, Solo at one point even got benched from as a starter. Uh-huh. And because Connett was playing well. And it just, it just didn't work. But I'm glad for him that he's figured out because he's only a junior, right? Right. So he's got another year, and you pair him with some other guys, and who knows, a confidence Solo is a good thing. How does he fit with the pieces moving forward if everyone's healthy, and, and we'll see. Um, but that was that was good. And then I thought to lose an 18-point lead and then go down to, like, you're think, everyone's thinking, well, here we go again, like right. expecting the worst. For those guys to fight back and some of the young guys to make plays in that comeback to, to get the lead back, namely Trey and Caleb, that was great. Like, that's, that's something that in a year that's been a disappointment that you can build off of into something. Now, what that is for this year – you know, probably not a lot there, but but maybe there's something those guys can take into next year and the years beyond that we can make winning plays in the Big 12, even if it wasn't under man TCU team. Yeah, and I think it's just it's a positive just to see the fact that you know when both of those guys have struggled, Caleb Gross especially for the majority of the season, and then Trey for a portion of the season, for them to be playing their best basketball really here um, down the stretch. And uh, I mean Trey. I, I, I saw someone tweet the other day that if if you take out the non-conference portion of the schedule, he's shooting something like forty percent from, yeah. from three-point range. Yep. So it's like it's hard to knock him really in any way. I think at this point, um, and then even Caleb, like his the shots don't go in still for him, and he's just not doesn't but give you, you much s- offensively. You can see it, right? Though, you right? can see the potential that yeah. he has, and then I think the athleticism, uh, and I think you can see that there's room for him to have a role in the future. Where you know maybe the shot will fall, or you hope the shot will fall more frequently than what it has this year. I mean he's darn near unplayable offensively, just when you can't get literally anything from him. But like defensively, he looks like a guy who is really going to get after it on the defensive end and can carve something out for himself right there. Yeah, it struck me that he's, I think he's even added weight since he got to Iowa State. I mean, yeah. He's physically, he'll be okay. Uh, I think athletically, he's fine. It's just. He said in the post game that he was dealing with a bit of a wrist injury now, which isn't helping his shot for a guy that's already confidence was isn't there at all. And you can still see it. It's like he thinks an extra 
quarter of a second, and there's just no chance that ball's going in. I mean, he shot one Tuesday where I think he missed, missed by it. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it was yeah. Not, but the mechanics are okay. Like, you, you're, you've seen a bunch. It's not like that shot is broken and, and it, like, it's a Markel Fultz thing where he's right. never going to he, – he'll be able to shoot. I don't think there's any question. And as he gets more reps this summer, he'll be fine. I think he is a starting-level Power 5 player by the time he's a junior. I think that's absolutely and, – and really, it's probably unfair to him that he had to have as much of a role as he's had this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, th- he's there, and the Trey's been really impressive. I mean, if you stack Trey's numbers up with some really decorated Iowa State players freshman year in the conference, it would be pretty even. Okay, some of those really good guys, uh, his numbers would add up. I don't know if he has that trajectory as a, as a Monte and um, – you can go down the list of of a, of a Deontay Garrett and some of those guys, because he's he's a little bit smaller right. in some some aspects. But he I mean, he's just really smooth, and he it was fun to see him play all forty minutes. I don't think he had a turnover. Um, didn't ask be wasn't asked to do a whole lot, but just make shots. Then that little floater he made in the second half is a big time play. So I I'm excited for him. I think he's a definitely a starting level power five guard. Now. We're, are th- those are two building blocks. You need a lot more mm-hmm. going forward, but at least those guys prove that you can tell at this point as a freshman usually if if, if those guys are going to hit as a Big 12 basketball player or not, and I think those two will fit in fine. Now, they don't have a lot of people with them. And of course, those two guys left that were part of their class, so what's that depth look like right. once Tyrese and those guys are gone? I don't know, and I think that's the big question. But at least for me, it was encouraging to know I would say at the very least next year, you know Solo, you've got those two, Condit, piece. you just need more. And yeah. I think I don't know if, if Iowa State's class coming in will be ready right away, but they have some pieces. They just need four or five more. Yeah. And and you've you've heard a little bit. What I'm curious is the, the Javon Johnson thing. I mean, you, you hear murmurs out of practice that good player, good athlete, can maybe be a swing guy as far as play two, three, and four. Uh, multi-dimensional type, but maybe a ways to go. I mean, he's yeah. not going to be an instant 15-point-a-game guy by any means. Yeah, I don't think he's Mariel Shayok. Right. You know, that's going to be stepping in there on the wing. But, I mean, they could have used a guy like that. They can put the ball on the floor. Um, they can shoot a little bit and can stretch the defense more than what Mike, you know, could. Yeah. And just give you some more length. Where he, I mean, he's six foot five, six foot six. It's yep. like you throw him out there. And he's like a true perimeter player, and you don't have to play quite as small as a. I mean, you can still keep your want to play small. You can still do that. You want to play a little bit bigger. You can still do that. But it's like you're not going to be as clogged up by having by getting more yeah. size out there. And yeah, uh, that's that's what I think that he could have brought to them this season. But I mean, I think for next year, like you look at plus Bolton, by the way. Yeah, plus, shown you shown right. you enough. Yeah, now, plus plus Bolton, and you know how do those pieces fit together? Because they're all pretty similar. Those three. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a continuing problem. And yeah. this is something I was thinking about. I was thinking about last night because I saw a conversation some other people were having on Twitter. And this is just, I mean, this is like a a way like broader conversation about just the way that, like the last ten years have gone, but. When you look at like the situation, and this is by no means like to make excuses or anything like that. It's just something I was thinking about. When you look Which at what you should, by the way, have to make excuses. You can just make a comment, like without being a. Like sometimes it's like, well, 
you're too hard on the staff or you're too easy on the staff. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just have a conversation. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm just getting, I'm just throwing this out there because there's something I was thinking about last night. And it's it when Steve walked into what he walked into five years ago now, um, where you had I looked at that roster that he had his first year. They had seven guys that were back from the team the year before. All seven of those guys are I think six of them are playing in the NBA, and then one is like a high-level professional. Jamil and Jamil, yeah, uh, overseas, and I mean he's b- bounced around all over different places. But you've got those uh, those main six that, like I said, are all playing professionally right now. But you look at that; all six of them, all seven of them, were juniors or seniors. Wow! And then you had, you know, you got Nick Wilder, Bab that was stepping in. You had Hallis Cook that was coming in. Uh, but it's like. You know, House Cook played one year at Iowa State. Yep. Nick, don't I, he couldn't play that year. Yep. That was his sit-out year. But everybody else, not a single one of those other guys that was on that roster, made a major impact at Iowa State. And that's where basically in two years, they were put in a position where they had to turn over the entire roster. And then you get, you know, you get your next group in. Well, you fill a bunch of those holes with graduate transfers, so then you got to fill those again. And then you have some people, you know, continuing to cycle some people in and out. And it's just every year that he's been here, they've had to fill four, five, six, seven yeah. slots yep. on your roster. So every year you start the season with basically a brand new team. And, I mean, like I said, like I'm not trying to make excuses for anybody, but it's like I don't think people – we almost discount how difficult that is and how – unorthodox that is in just college basketball in general when you're not Duke or Kentucky or someone like that and you're just cycling people through in and out of the program think think how many people have played for Iowa State in the last five years <laughs> yeah yeah I mean just how many different guys there just have guys. been that were like in the starting five or were rotational guys for Iowa State it's like I mean 30 30 different people in five years and like that's not normal you know, well, who's the last? Maybe I'm drawing a blank here. Who's the last four-year player for Iowa State? Like that that played played all four years. All four years. Um, I mean, obviously the Monte Naz Matt group. I mean, is that it? Is that it? Is Nick transferred? Nick, yeah, I mean, Nick played three years, but he was here for. Was that right? Yeah, he played three years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now Solo's the only one who's made it through four years, right? And Solo's still a junior, so it's so like he hasn't exhausted year. his eligibility. But yeah, I mean, Monte and Naz and Matt would be That's the last, the last four, the last year, three five guys year that guy. played all four, played their entire college career at Iowa State and exhausted their eligibility. So you just, you're right, and that goes back to your point of they had to turn over so much in order to fill, fill those holes. They went to the transfer route, which worked for a while, right? Um, but eventually your pipeline runs dry, and I think that's where Iowa State reached. And so I think that's this year. Yeah. And you, and obviously missed on a lot of transfers in the last couple of years too, that just didn't work out or weren't as productive as, as right. needed to be. And so you kind of end up in a spot like this. But so I I think it's it's nice to have those freshman building blocks. And I think the caveat anymore, and I don't I'm not saying this is going to happen, but how, how, keeping guys for four years can right. be a challenge too, just if, whether it's the G League or transfers or anything else. So I think you would find that probably across college basketball is there's not as many of those guys in general. Um, but, the, but but Trey and Caleb in particular, I think they got in solo for sure, have a little toughness to them. Yeah. You know, you can 
you can build around, and that can be a little bit of the MO. I think they tried to be that, that they tried to be a tough, rugged team. And I think Trey and Caleb defensively have the chance to be okay. And and Solo has a chance to be okay. George, obviously, if he adds some weight, has a chance there. And, you know, Bolton's a nice offensive piece. Probably could be a little tougher mm-hmm. on the defensive end right now. So I think he got some stuff to work with. Do you get where I'm com- like what I'm kind of saying? Like, yeah, the, like no, I'm totally. not, And like I said, I'm not trying to make – not trying to make excuses for Steve. I'm not trying to throw anything on Fred and what they did because obviously, like it worked. No, but it worked there for them. A, there's a gap, but it that was, existed. Whoever came in was going to walk into a situation that was untraditional. That was going to be probably unlike anything that they'd ever been around before. And you know, they came in. They tried to balance out the classes. And I mean, you think about how many of those guys from those first couple recruiting classes, like. Simeon Carter, Brady Ernst, like half those guys never even made it through one yeah. or two years. Yeah. You know? I mean, and like you just mentioned, Salman is like the one He's guy the that's one guy. left from those first couple of groups. And, um, and then yeah, you Nick Nascoviak. Right, Nick Nascoviak, man, I forgot about him. But, uh, but then you like, you know, Terrence's career hasn't probably gone the way that people thought that it, like that we thought yep. it would. Jacoby Long was a four star guy. Jacoby <laughs> Long was a four star guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even like, and, it, and the thing about those guys that you had, the, the seven that were left over from when um, when Fred left, they opened the door for you to be able to recruit at a level like you could to get a Lindell, to get a Taylor Horton Tucker. But it's like Fred and them didn't really recruit at that level before, so then you didn't have the risk of like people leaving after one or two years and being yeah. one and dones. Yeah. So it's just like, it. and then they, they, ha- they hit on guys like Monte and George who were both four-star recruits, but like, they had some flaws in the in the eyes of a lot of Power Five programs. Whether it was Monte being really small, or it was George being um, the opposite, I guess maybe yeah. would be the way to yeah. put it. Like yeah. just being unathletic, and uh, it's like though. I mean, I don't think that when those guys showed up on campus, we we're like, yeah, that guy's gonna leave as the all-time leader in assists and steals, and that guy's gonna be a second all-time leading scorer in program history. So it's like, there's there's just so many things that went into it that it's like now you look at why are we here. Why did we not build off of the success we'd had? I think that some of that can can be an explanation. Well, and I, so I like to look at Iowa State history, right? Like, who have been the most successful Iowa State teams? And other than that, Naz, Matt, George, group, Monte, most of Iowa State's best teams have been built on JUCOs, transfers, and just kind of a hobnob roster, Okay. Like the Mark, the Pfizer, Pfizer is a bit, bit of an exception. He was a recruited guy, but that Pfizer team, right? You had Marcus, who was a, recruited as a high school player. Jamal was a transfer. Cantrell Horton was a transfer. Mike Nurse was a transfer. Um, that Willoughby, Willoughby, Cato, Pratt, all transfers. But so, even then, they weren't transfers in the sense of like grad transfers. Like they were, no, they they, they were, came and say sat out. Right, they sat know? out a year or JUCOs, so right. they were JUCOs, there for yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. But and even so, that's the way it worked. Like bottom line, it has never been really easy to get high high level high school kids to come to Ames. You can, for whatever reason, call it tradition, call it climate, call it the the town. It's just tough to do. And outside of a Matt Thomas, who's a top 50 kid, Lindell Wigginton was a top 50 kid, Adam Haluska yeah. was a top 50 kid, and, and Pfizer from right down the road. was a top 50 kid. Like, yeah. There's like four of them in Taylor. Yeah. Yep. So there's like five or six total in Iowa State's history. So even even those Iowa State teams that were really good, like if you look at Larry, Larry had a similar thing, right, where he had really good teams, 
in 2000 and 2001 and then tried to replenish with a bunch of transfers. They all washed out or didn't show up or whatever, and there's some other legal problems in there. Well, and you, and you end up about, having a couple bad years because of it. Right. Well, and you even think about, like, the 99 team. Like, they were not – like, the year no. before the 2000 Yeah, so team. that was the I Floyd. Mean, Floyd right, had, went saying, through a like, thing. Yeah, yeah, Floyd, like, they went through a little bit of a, a deal right there where you had some young guys, and the difference then is, like, Marcus Pfizer would stay for four year, or for three years to, to wait that out, you know? And then he waits it out. He – Comes an all-American and like that makes a difference, but yes, it's just that's the thing is this isn't uncommon. Like if you yeah. look back at Iowa State history, Iowa State made a couple straight NCAA tournaments from I think they made four straight from '94 to '97, and then they made two straight under Larry, and then completely went the wrong way for a couple of years. So this isn't like it's history tends to repeat itself, and I know college basketball has changed, and that's what made Fred's run and then into Steve. So remarkable because I obviously had never had what ended up being six straight. I think they went to they went to eight and or eight, seven and eight years. Seven and eight years. Yeah. That has never happened before. So you get used to that. But really if Iowa State's history has been more of the on for two or three, off for two or three, and then make that run again. And I don't know. I mean, right now, being down this year and we'll see what next year is. But if you look at history, that's the way it's gone. And it's a cyclical thing, especially in Ames. Yeah, for sure. All right, do need to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Carl Chevrolet. If you're looking to buy a newer pre-owned vehicle, check them out at carlchevrolet.com, carlchevroletstuart.com, or at off I-35 at exit 90 at the Rock in Ankeny, just west of the Des Moines Metro, off of I-80 in Stewart. We will be right back on the Cyclone Fanatic radio program, powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Hey Fanatics, it's Chris Williams here wanting to tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart. Did you know they moved into that new location? It's located at 156 in Hickman, still in Clive. What does this mean for you? Well, there's a beautiful new showroom. It's got all of your appliances, your audio and video needs, flooring needs, top-of-the-line appliances. I actually, wife and I bought a couple of those LG washer and dryers from there. We love them. Flooring, they did our floor. Lowest price in town, guaranteed. They've doubled their warehouse capacity. That means more in-stock items than ever. Come out and see the store in Clive. Meet with their highly trained and friendly sales staff. Whether you're updating your current home, building a new one, Nebraska Furniture Mart has what you're looking for. Head on out. See my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. You'll be very happy that you did. Hi, Cyclone fans. This is Dr. Brian Warmy, board certified and sports fellowship trained orthopedic sports medicine physician and surgeon at McFarland Clinic in Ames. As an official team physician for the Iowa State Cyclones, I really enjoy the opportunity to work with athletes here in my hometown. My colleagues, Dr. Buck, Dr. Greenwald, and I provide specialized orthopedic care to patients of all levels, including sports injury evaluation and treatment, arthroscopy, surgery, stem cells, and PRP treatment. Don't let your injury keep you out of your game. Learn more at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones! Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job 
job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams saying thank you to MechDine. Who is MechDine? I was asking the same thing just a couple of months ago, and then I met some people who work for this fantastic company that is based out of Marshalltown. It was started by Iowa State graduates who are now hardcore Cyclone fanatics over 22 years ago. MechDyne is not only the premier audiovisual and IT service provider in central Iowa, but also around the globe doing business in six of seven continents. They'll bring that global expertise along with local support to help you implement AV technology for conference rooms, classrooms, auditoriums, sports venues, or really just about anywhere you want technology that actually works the way you want it to. So check them out today at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Hey guys, it's Williams here for Des Moines Eye Care and Ames Eye Care. I care for the entire family conveniently located throughout Central Iowa. I've been up to Ames Eye Care a couple of times now. See Dr. Kruger. You've all heard me tell you about how he looked at me for like 30 minutes. Actually, it didn't even take that long. And he's like, dude, I know why you're having headaches. It's because you stare at your computer for 15 hours a day. Wear these glasses. It'll help. And it has. Actually, it's completely changed my life. Now, I'm a dad. Got a four-year-old. She's got some eye problems herself. And you know where I'm going to take her? Yeah, that's right. Ames Eye Care. Des Moines Eye Care. Family Eye Care. They can help you guys, too. Check them out today. DesMoinesEyeCare.com. AmesEyeCare.com. And tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. What does it mean to you that Carl Chevrolet is the number one five-star platinum GM certified pre-owned dealer in Iowa? It means continued commitment to excellence. You can purchase your next GM certified pre-owned vehicle from the best. And our platinum quality and care means you never have to worry, period. We don't just rubber stamp your car certified. We'll show you over 172 reasons why. Our success is due to our constant process of doing things right and above GM standards every day for every customer. Come experience why more people in the nation drive one of our certified vehicles than any other GM dealer. Integrity, trust, satisfaction, and confidence. Find new roads at carlchevrolet.com. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. For the second straight year, Whiskey River, located in Ankeny's Prairie Trail District, is the home of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show for the Iowa State Athletic season. Whether it's a Saturday night out with the bros or lunch with the family, Whiskey River and Ankeny's great food, drinks, and friendly service makes it the perfect spot for any occasion. Whiskey River's wall-to-wall TVs make it the perfect place to watch football, baseball, and every sport in between. Plus, you can always join the Cyclone Fanatic staff to talk Cyclone sports on Thursday nights from 6 to 7 at Whiskey River in Ankeny. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Cyclone Radio, Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Met Dine on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Jared Stansbury, Brent Bloom, 
Pepper Jack cheese balls delivered. Pepper Jack cheese balls? They were good. Yeah, those were uh, outstanding. Yeah, one left. They're, oh, yeah, we got a couple in there. All right. We'll have to fight for them during the next break. Unless, uh, Chris, You've got the reach. Chris, yeah, that's true. You've got the Tyson Fury reach. St- yeah, stiff yeah. arm. You yeah. And, uh, yeah, you were at the party of the century on, on Saturday night. I was. It was, uh, wasn't very, wasn't as legendary. No, no, not We've quite. We've gotten as, older. It was a good time, yeah. We've gotten older. Yeah. You can't. You guys, like, mellowed out. I don't know well, what happened. No, well, it's like, because, honestly, parents of the world know this. You can't be hungover anymore. Oh, yeah. Because your kids get up. Yeah. It sucks. Well, I mean, you can't like, be you can't, hungover. Yeah, it's you just can't. Like, yeah, you're just miserable. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't milk it until 10 in, anymore. Because right. kids getting up at 6.30. It's like, you want me miserable. You just need to train Everett to sleep, dude. Like, that's... They, they don't sleep past 7. How? I wouldn't... Maybe parents of the world help me out. When do your kids start sleeping past, like... I would take eight. Man, yeah, that that like would be. But think about it. You so I, w- I was like a sleep in guy. It's like even into my thirties, still I had a kid. Like I would, if I could, I'm I'm till ten. Yeah. And now, nope, not happening. Just doesn't work. You just need to teach him how to turn the TV on himself and be like, all right, just <laughs> yeah, sit down, yeah, buddy. At two years old. Come right, on, just buddy. sit down, buddy. Figure it out. Turn on turn on Mickey Mouse. Right. You can you can do it. I but, believe in you. But when that happens, then I will be yeah. Then then uh, then maybe I can. Get a little more reckless the night before. Yeah. You know you how it goes. Milk it a little milk bit Milk it more, a little bit yeah, more, yeah, right. For sure. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the Big 12 just a little bit here as we uh, head into head into the weekend. Um, two weeks left, man. Two weeks left. Everybody's got three games left on their schedule. I think that there's, um, there's a couple interesting games here coming up this weekend. Oklahoma going on the road to West Virginia. The Sooners are... Uh, are in an interesting spot right now where they need to keep winning games. I would have said that basically their tournament hopes were out up until Tuesday night when they went on the or when they uh, beat Texas Tech at home. I think that maybe opened the door back up for them a little bit even after the loss to Oklahoma State. Uh, another chance for them to maybe go and get all get a win, but they do have to do it on the road in Morgantown. I had to do a double take. Looking at the standings, and West Virginia is under 500 in the league. Like, yeah. how does that happen? I mean, and that's, I mean it's and, and, and they're, they're still and they're a top 20th. 20 team. Yeah, top 20 team. So, See, and that's like this league is bizarre. Well, yeah, in that world, and that's where, um, I, I was mentioning this to you guys in our Slack conversation. And I was when I was on Fanatics the other day. Uh, Bill called in to tell us that Kansas and Baylor would both have five, four or five losses if they played in the Big Ten. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to sit here and say, like, top to bottom, the Big 12 is awesome. I think that those two teams are head and shoulders above everybody else. That's why they're f- both 14-1. and one. But I do think that the middle of the league, when you look at Texas Tech, Oklahoma, West Virginia – those teams are all so close together, like they're good still, you know. Yeah. And they, I mean, there's a reason that two of them are ranked. Oklahoma has has some wins against some quality opponents, um, and then even like Texas, like they've got talented guys that on a, on any given night they could jump up and bite you, you know. But it's just like there's nowhere to like hide in the big in the Big Twelve where you don't just get to. You don't get to go on the road and play Nebraska, you know. Yeah. You don't get to, go, Although, don't get to have Northwestern come to town. K State's been well, yeah, and I'm not. And K State <laughs> hasn't been very good. Like that's been sure. I mean, that's been two guaranteed wins just about for almost everyone. Yeah, but and, and the, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I do. It's so, just different. The no, it is are different. The Big Ten has really good depth, right? I mean, they have. They'll probably get 
Nine. I think they yeah, they're saying nine or ten. Nine or ten. So kudos, right? Right. Um I don't know if they have a a final four team in that mix. Yeah, I mean Michigan Mar- State is Maryland's Maryland's, probably, Maryland's they, good, but But they didn't end up losing last night. No, they came back they and came won. They came back and won. Came back and won. Like, I mean, well, it was a them. crazy game but at I, the end. I think, give me my one seeds. Baylor and Kansas have earned it, completely earned it. Yeah, Baylor and Kansas, I think, are head and shoulders the two best teams I've seen this year. And they've done it in the non-conference, too. So, right. I mean, if you, if you want to start going looking at the non-conference, okay, we can go do that. Like Kansas has, like, the number two strength of schedule in the country on Ken Palm. And Baylor's, like, number 14. I, the Big Ten is very good. And it's been fun to watch. The Big East is also very balanced. What's taking away a little bit is the ACC is way down. Yeah. It's tough to watch that league this year. Um, and the Big 12 is weird because it's really top-heavy. But here's the thing, too. Like, And I said this to Ross. I was like, dude, the tournament is going to – I wouldn't even be shocked, honestly, if the selection committee threw us through a loop a little bit and maybe the ninth-place team in the Big Ten doesn't get in. But if yeah. UNI doesn't win Arch Madness, they do they get did. in. Because I, I think there's some value in that. Where I, it's like, I would agree. I would rather watch Northern Iowa, even if they lost to Loyola or whoever it might be in that conference championship game, I would rather watch Northern Iowa go and play in that tournament or play in the NCAA tournament than I would like to watch Minnesota, who went, you know, whatever eight and twelve in the Big Ten or something like that, and finished yeah. in ninth place. Like, yeah, I, I don't, but, I don't but, get that. But then again, if if Indiana plays Loyola on a neutral court, Indiana will probably a six point favor, right? Like, yeah. You, if you look at it from a, but even, but like what? Could we say the same with Northern Iowa? Northern Iowa almost went to Morgantown. They won. did. They well, won in Colorado. Yeah, I, I know. I know. So I'm a big, especially if you win your league regular season and somehow you don't win your tournament, I think you should be rewarded, especially in a mediocre year like this. And also, I've said it on this podcast network for a while, a radio show, the NCAA tournament is really – the worst way to crown a champion mm-hmm. and to determine conference superiority. Yeah. Because you get on, get on a heater and you win some games. Like, Shaka's VCU team is a perfect example. Like George just, Mason. George one, Mason yeah. that one. You're like, you get on a heater, you start making some shots, you can roll through that thing. Well, um, and I don't think that determines conference superiority. And for whatever reason, Kansas has definitely underachieved. Yeah. And same with Baylor for really all of the NCAA tournament. But this even then, be, they went to the Elite Eight, what, like two years times? in a row, three years yeah. in a row or something? Yeah. So, but, I, you know, I think for the Big 12's sake, those two need to perform well as one seeds. They're, they're both going to be one seeds. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. It's big, big year for that. Uh, and then Texas Tech, I still think, has the capability to, with the way they guard, mm-hmm. they can jump up and, and beat people. And West Virginia, with that weird style, I think outside of that, those are the four. Yeah. I don't really see anybody else in the Big 12 doing any damage. And I think... Out of the Big Ten, and I give them respect, there's seven teams probably in that league that I think could make a Sweet 16 for sure. And right. so that's, But it's such a weird year in college basketball that I don't know if you can determine, oh, our conference is so great because of this year, because there's 1 to 20 is really close, really but, close. Uh, am I crazy for thinking if the ACC is only going to get four teams? Instead of seeing no, you, I, throw, you pull a bunch from, the, from one power league, like – Man, get two from the Southern Conference, like East and East Tennessee State being, or whatever. Like, if we're being honest, those are the teams that make the tournament fun, right? Like, look at uh, Wofford last year. Right, they, they were fun. Like, yeah, they made 
And I think through the TV partners, they're starting to understand that a little bit better. Like, look at your, uh, look at the Cinderellas. Those are what drive ratings. Right. People don't want to see, like you said, a Rutgers or a Minnesota play a play I, a Clemson. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want to tune into a a twelve five matchup, and it's, you know, it's. I don't even. I can't even think of an example. UCLA out of the Pac-12 is the five, and then Rutgers is the twelve, and you're like, man, this game is going to be really horrible, probably. <laughs> Two like just super mediocre. But teams. you get a Missouri Valley team or a fourth team from the Mountain West. I don't know. And Rutgers might not be a good example because it's been like thirty years yeah, since Rutgers sure. made the NCAA tournament. But, uh, but it's just that that to me is like what. Where when I, I look at the, the two leagues, I'm like, man, like there's so many different things here. It's like, how can you sit here and tell me like with such t- conviction? Like, like, conviction, yeah. you're yeah. just like, man, like they'd get they would get taken to the woodshed at Illinois, and I'm so like, you, well, I mean, Baylor took Kansas to the woodshed in Allen Fieldhouse, so like, what, like how? There's can, no way, right? It's, no, you it's, can and you can compare scores from November and December, but that college basketball is really hard to compare leagues. I think football is a little bit easier. Yeah, but it's I don't know. That that just seems a little bit like well, a, college basketball is so much less uniform. You know, like everybody's different. It's like, you know, I mean, the Big Ten and the Big Twelve are perfect examples. Where in the Big Twelve you play everybody twice. Yep. And then in the Big Ten, you got the twenty game schedule, and it's like some people you got to go and play on the road. Some people you get to play at home. Some people like so it's like you know, like I said, like you can end up in a situation where it's like in your schedule you get to play Nebraska at home, but then you got to go on the road to Iowa. It's like, well, you're probably not going to win in Iowa City if we're going to pick between those two games, you know? Yeah. It's like, and Nebraska's got to go on the road and play somebody, and, well, I think that they're 0-11 on the road <laughs> They haven't won season. a road game yet. Yeah, they've won, or I think they've lost 13 consecutive games. They've lost 20 games this season going into their game tonight against Ohio State. Like, you can't, you know, like that. it's like, I, that's just what bugs me about that. And I'm like, man, I'm not trying to knock the Big Ten specifically, like, it just was the example that he used in that moment. And I'm like, man, like I don't think that that's a good way to discount what Kansas and Baylor have done because I think those are two best teams in the country. Yeah, and strangely, though, I do think this is a big year for those two programs each. I think they've both been disappointing to an extent the last four years in the tournament. Just imagine if Mark Emmer has to get up and give Bill Self <laughs> the national championship trophy. That's a great point. After uh, knowing uh, that what could be what coming, could be coming this summer or next spring for them, uh, and, and yeah, and their NCAA, they're not going to do anything to them. But it's just, I mean, I are probably How do they get away won't. with it though. Everybody's going to get away with it, Brent. I so, so. The same way that Michael Avenetti gets all the evidence on Nike, and then Nike sues him for extortion, and he loses, or like gets him for extortion. Is it wrong? And, he goes, that, and they're like, they're admitting it. They're I, saying it happened. I, as I'm getting older, I just that stuff anymore. I just don't want to know about it. Almost like is that just bury your head? In the oh, sand. really? Okay, like, boomer. I, no, really. Okay, boomer. It's, it's like just. Because I know this stuff is happening. Yeah, it's always been but happening. It's, just, it, I mean, it's it not. Has, it's not new. Like, and it's it's just. But I, I would just like to know. I wish it was an even, even playing field, but it's not. This it's is never what happened. that's what bothers me. It's like you got You're all these people. It's like, it. oh, we're gonna go into the field sixty four. It's an even playing field. And like that's the one thing about college basketball. It's like you got to play it out on the floor. Correct. You know, college football is not an even playing field in any sense of the word. It is not. But it's just. It's like man when. When Duke and Kentucky and 
you know, uh, Kansas and all these schools, like, they can cheat, and now we know that they basically do it freely, and everybody knows that it's happening, and no one really even denies that it's happening, except for Bill Self, uh, <laughs> then, you know, that's where that's what bothers me is it's like how can they sit in Indianapolis and try and like bury their head in the sand and then they go to Capitol Hill and they try and get bailed out because they know that ever, that they've been exposed but they continue to fail to acknowledge it except for in those situations. Well said. I I don't know what you do, and I is pain players going to change that? Well, and I don't think that I, the name, image, and likeness thing changes. No, it. I don't especially, think it will especially. I mean, you look at like the bill that we did. Travis Hines wrote that great column on it where he, you know, talking about how putting it into a trust and things like that. And it's like, man, I get it, you know, like college kids spend their money on stupid stuff. Believe me, I was a college kid just a couple of years ago. I bought a lot of stupid things. I mailed a brick to my friend. I think it cost me like $30. You what? It, uh, a brick, literally. <laughs> For his birthday one year, I got on this website and you can order a brick and like personalize yeah, it. And, okay. and it just, it comes in a really nondescript box and <laughs> he opened it up and it was literally just a brick. But I think that cost me thirty dollars. And it's like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, college no. kids spend their money on stupid things. So like I get it. They're like, man, we're gonna put this money in a trust. You can't get it until your eligibility is exhausted. But to me, that like that undercuts the entire meaning of the of the rule, you know. And you know that there's a lot of kids that are out there that they need that money. Like they if do. they're gonna go and do that, they're not doing it to buy bricks for their roommate listen, to mail to him. I'm not against players benefiting from themselves. But you know, you know, programs are going to use that to their advantage. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no question. But don't so you if think... The, but, don't, so if, if, if we're all front, like, that's the way it's going to go. And I, I'm, I'm... Pick my school, right? I have a big donor base. As part of my agreement with you, whether stated or not, you will get an endorsement deal with... X, Y, or Z. That's okay. If we're all if we're all up front, that's the way we want to go. Let's go. Right. But those those schools with the backing, they will have an advantage. It's just it's the way it is. Well, which maybe, is fine. I mean, maybe you do it that it's like you have to have like documented proof of like you did it, you know. Yeah, and then there's like some sort of going rate, like you. And like, maybe there's a going rate, but it's just so hard to legislate. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's probably like, not can, fair. You to can't go sign autographs and get paid fifty thousand dollars. You know, well, like. That but that's name like, and likeness. Like well, that's, that's, yeah, I know, but <laughs> I would think that a place like, you know, Iowa State, uh, even in a place like Nebraska, University of Iowa, places like that where, like, these guys are gods, you know, like in Ames, Iowa. Tyrese Halberton is as big as you get for when it comes to a celebrity that is in town at this time. You know, Brock Purdy, like, he's someone like that. You look at, like, Alabama, yeah, like, would, I don't think that's going to make that big a difference because, like, Alabama's got all these guys it's like, man, sure. they've got 85 guys on scholarship. 75 of them were four-star, five-star recruits. The businesses aren't going to shell out money for all 75. So it's, like, still going to be the people at the top. But, like, maybe at Iowa State, like, you know, if Main Street ca- or if uh, the Grove Cafe or whoever it is up in Ames, they're like, man, we'll pay you $50 to come and sign autographs down here on a Saturday morning and eat breakfast. And it's like, and, and it'll be for just, like, whatever Iowa State basketball players we can get in here. You know, it's just like trying to open the door to people. And it's like it doesn't have to be big time money. No, I know, and I don't know? think I but think for like, a place like I said, it won't be. Yeah, because they just do not have the people that can cat like just roll out big checks just because they just don't. Now, you start talking about places with serious money in big time cities. But how like many of those places like are things that it's like you you know you can walk into just I, a, I a random business and by and large I think college. 
players and all of us probably are overestimating what those guys can really make. Yeah. But there will be a few. There will be a few that get into those recruiting battles that that's the conversation. So, like, what was the DeAndre Ayton conversation, Dennis Smith conversation? Like $100,000, stuff like that? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think those. I think some of those guys will get upwards of six figures in endorsement deals or sponsorships. But those will still come from Nike. Like, them signing a shoe deal with Nike. But at, at the end it, of the day, too, those kinds of guys, I don't think they're going to be playing college basketball for yeah, that much no, longer. I, that's fair. So maybe I just know some programs will use this more to their advantage than others, and they'll have the bankroll to do that through their donor base slash sponsors, which is fine. If, if we want to do that, if everybody's up front, then, you know, I think I think everybody just has to have the same rules. And if which right now we're not going we're to. We're not, no. And, and, and if, you, if you have that big base of sponsors that want to give endorsement deals, then, okay, and that's part of the game now. Get more sponsors, you know? Like, right. that's just, okay, at least we're all on the same page. Rather than the NCAA trying to enforce all this stuff, and they can't, yeah, because there's only so many people that can enforce this. Stuff. I mean, they can hardly even enforce the things that literally come out in court. And, and, and it's I, like this is right here I know. for you. And, but I, I still think, and I'm going to be old guy barking at a cloud that a college education is still a pretty cool deal. Like I, I know, and I've been on road trips with these guys. They get taken care of pretty well. Like the whole, right. I, I know, they, I know. I know. I think it's overstated. I smile because it's just I, you know, like I get it. I get where you're coming the, from. It's, like, it's overstated how impoverished some of these student athletes are to make their point. Which, yeah, they should. They you shouldn't. It's. I also believe in the free market. There's also a lot of people that I went to college with that didn't play sports that probably shouldn't have been in college anyway. So it's like <laughs> it's. It's not like it's just an, ac- no, an it's athlete's not a, it, thing. No, it isn't. But I, I, I think sometimes we we make fun of the oh they're getting a scholarship. That's a that can be a pretty cool deal. Yeah. At the same time, too. Yeah, and there's you know proponents on. There's I, pros and cons of it all. Like yes, it's just, it's, yes, and we're not going to solve it here. You and me I, are not near smart but, enough to do this. But I think in the next, it's going to happen with the next four years for sure. Oh yeah. And so the preparations have to be made, and some people will be on the benefit. That some programs will take advantage more so than others, based on the people around their program. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Maybe talk a little Iowa State women's basketball when we come back on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three FM and fourteen sixty KXNO. Hello, fanatics. It's Chris Williams. I want to tell you today about the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will help benefit every aspect of the university. Cyclones everywhere are helping reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. Yes, the cyclone spirit is a force to be reckoned with. More than 81,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 27,000 first-time donors. So far, these donors have gifted more than $1.2 billion. The Cyclone Energy is truly unstoppable. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. The impact is seen all across campus, too, from the South End Zone Club to the North End Zone Construction to the thousands of students who receive scholarship support. You can learn more at forevertrueisu.com because the world needs 
more Cyclone Spirit. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and, don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. Hey Fanatics, it's Chris Williams here wanting to tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart. Did you know they moved into that new location? It's located at 156 in Hickman, still in Clive. What does this mean for you? Well, there's a beautiful new showroom. It's got all of your appliances, your audio and video needs, flooring needs, top-of-the-line appliances. I actually, wife and I bought a couple of those LG washer and dryers from there. We love them. Flooring, they did our floor. Lowest price in town, guaranteed. They've doubled their warehouse capacity. That means more in-stock items than ever. Come out and see the store in Clive. Meet with their highly trained and friendly sales staff. Whether you're updating your current home, building a new one, Nebraska Furniture Mart has what you're looking for. Head on out. See my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. You'll be very happy that you did. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams letting you know about Mechdyne IT Help Desk Services. Started by Iowa State graduates and diehard Cyclone fanatics over 22 years ago. Mechdyne's onshore team of U.S.-based experts provide quality IT support around the clock. After hours, IT support can be hit and miss, but Mechdyne offers a lot more than just answering service during your non-core hours. You'll actually receive the same level of IT support no matter what time of day you contact them. They space out your organization's IT team from those routine support tasks so that you can focus on growing your business. As a trusted consultant, bringing fresh ideas and cost-effective solutions to many day-to-day headaches of routine IT user support, check out mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Hi, this is Dr. Thomas Greenwald, board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. For over 25 years, I've taken care of ISU athletes and am an official team physician of Iowa State athletes. I'm a proud supporter of Cyclone Nation. As an orthopedic surgeon, I specialize in musculoskeletal care for athletes of all ages, from high school to collegiate athletes to adult weekend warriors. Trust McFarland Orthopedic Sports Medicine and my colleagues Dr. Buck and Dr. Warmy and I for extraordinary sports injury care and rehabilitation. Visit us on the web at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones! What does it mean to you that Carl Chevrolet is the number one five-star platinum GM certified pre-owned dealer in Iowa? It means continued commitment to excellence. 
you can purchase your next GM certified pre-owned vehicle from the best. And our platinum quality and care means you never have to worry, period. We don't just rubber stamp your car certified. We'll show you over 172 reasons why. Our success is due to our constant process of doing things right and above GM standards every day for every customer. Come experience why more people in the nation drive one of our certified vehicles than any other GM dealer. Integrity, trust, satisfaction, and confidence. Find new roads at carlchevrolet.com. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Williams here for the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. This is not just a standard like, oh, I'm going to endorse the Iowa Clinic. No, this is real. I've gone to the Iowa Clinic now for, well, basically since I moved up here. So we're pushing a decade now. Dr. Nicholson in Ankeny is my go-to guy. But I've also had other stuff, you know, specialists I have to go to, all that stuff. And you know why I need to go see the specialist? Because I'm a man and I go to the doctor because I want to be there for my two little girls. I want to be able to walk them down the aisle. I want to be there to hold their babies and be a grandpa someday. Be a man. Go to the doctor. iowaclinic.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you their way. When it comes time for my friends and I to decide where we'll watch college football on a Saturday night, there is no better choice than Whiskey River in Ankeny. Whiskey River is the home of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show again for the 2018 season and is the perfect spot for your get-together of all ages. Whiskey River's great food, satisfying drinks, friendly staff, and wall-to-wall TVs make deciding where to go a no-brainer for any situation. And don't forget, you can always join the Cyclone Fanatic staff on Thursday nights from 6 to 7 at Whiskey River in Ankeny. Back, Cycle Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mech Dino, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXL, 106.3 FM. Jared Stainsbury, Brent Bloom, want to remind everybody that on Saturday, we'll be having a game watch at Whiskey River in Ankeny for Iowa State's matchup with Oklahoma State down in Stillwater. Tip at 3 o'clock, so hopefully everyone will come out and hang out with us and watch the Cyclones take on the Cowboys. You ever been to Gallagher, Iba? I have not. Used to be really awesome. Used to be really yeah. awesome. And then they just stopped going to the games. What? Did they do a big like renovation or something? Yeah. I thought I heard someone yeah. say that. that so, is that why people stopped going to the no. games? No, but it makes it look worse. So they had basically 9,000 people. And then they renovated the place and added another level above. Basically raised the roof, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then added 4,000 seats or so. In the prime of their run, which is like oh four, oh five, oh six under like Eddie the Sutton. To- the Tony Allen years. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. And the Graham brothers. And that happened to coincide right when they had a downturn. They hired Travis Ford, plus the Thunder became really popular. And I think those two went hand in hand. And not not that Stillwater's close to Oklahoma City, it's probably sixty miles, but it's close enough that the NBA just took over the any extra yeah. room for people's time, and the Thunder sell out everything. And Oklahoma State wasn't as good. They added seats, and it just makes that atmosphere not quite as good as it used to be. I understand why they would add seats in college basketball, but like 
I generally think smaller is better. And that so it is now, but 15 years ago, tickets ticket sales were much more of a money driver than media. Yeah, and that's switched, and so that's why you're seeing like Texas new They're arenas gonna go to be down small. to like nine thousand. Yeah, uh, TCU drop seats their last renovation. Baylor's is smaller. Other than, you know, I Iowa mean, State. Allen Fieldhouse, like, holds a lot of people, but it's like the gym is so small. The pa- yeah, they just their people, people are still. In. They just pack people in. And they sell more, honestly, they sell more basketball season tickets than football season tickets. Oh, no doubt. Which is I mean, I wonder interesting. why. I wonder why. But more and more you're going to see across college basketball, unless you have that loyal fan base that will still fill it like Kansas and Iowa State, these basketball arenas are going to start to become smaller, and then they'll make, like the NBA, Premium seating, and then the other revenue comes from media. The I mean, media drives everything anymore. Well, and I feel like you'd probably be able to make up a lot of that too by just like having the premium seating. Correct. Like, if you're Texas, right? Or well, yeah, you're, exactly. Or TCU or Baylor with all that, that. Well, I mean, if you're Texas, it would help if you would win basketball games. It, it would. But they even when they were good, they didn't fill that. It's a ginormous arena. Yeah. But they built that thing in the you know '80s when it was ticket sales were the thing, and now ticket sales are important. Don't get me wrong. But it's just a percentage of the overall budget, which is driven mostly by that conference payout. Yeah. All right. So when you look at this matchup between the Cyclones and Cowboys, what's uh, what it, what do you kind you of know, think? I think how do you feel going into it? Oklahoma State's been much better. What have they won? Four of seven or four of six? Like they've they've they've, and I I think they've got decent talent on that team. I think Likely's a pro. They've got some shooters that have been shooting it better. But it's another one of those where. If Iowa State can be their last eight. as locked in, they can win down there. Yeah. There's no question. That's not a team that's great offensively. I think it's probably a game in the 60s, and then who's tougher down the stretch? And you know, Iowa State's not that far behind not having to play on Wednesday in Kansas City. they still got some work left due to tiebreakers, but that's one they can go get. I don't think they necessarily – I wouldn't bet on it, but I'm guessing Oklahoma State will be a – what five to six point favorite probably somewhere in there which, probably which means guess, it's yeah. it's uh it's a winnable game yeah i mean i think that okay so i'm looking at the they got to get into the five spot to avoid that or the six spot if they six spot if they win it's in Stillwater. tcu has to go on the road to baylor loss so that'll be a loss so that would put them in a tie, tie. uh in yep. a tie for uh seventh and then texas has uh They've got on the road at Texas Tech on Saturday, which they won't, probably won't win. Got to go on the road to Oklahoma, and then you get Oklahoma State at home. So it's like if you could, if you could split two next week, then you're yeah. going to put yourself in a position where you're right there with Texas. Uh, see to, what the tiebreaker, right? Then to potentially get that uh, that six spot and, and avoid Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. It's possible. Yeah, I don't think it's likely. But I it's mean, possible. even if you can get the seven spot, you play Kansas State, and like you don't have to play. Right. You know, you don't have to play. It's big. Uh, and then you run into Oklahoma State, I guess. We'll see what the tie. I, Kansas and Baylor are going to have go way down for tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't even know, I don't even know what the tiebreaker is. It might be a flip. Honestly, it might be a coin flip. Well, if they're both seventeen and one, yeah, like, they would probably be a coin flip. That'd be stupid. It'd <laughs> be really stupid. Or no, you know what it is? I'm pretty sure on this. It's your now, um, not RPI, net ranking. Net ranking. Yeah. Pretty Man. sure. I don't Pretty like sure. That. I don't like that. What, do you, what else are you supposed to do? 
margin of victory between the two margin teams. Of, okay. Which it would go to Baylor in that situation. Yeah. Because they won by 12 okay. and Kansas won by 3. That's a fair, but I think it yeah. is net ranking. All right. Thanks, Bloomer. Thanks, we'll, buddy. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO.